Welcome to the Holistic Wealth and Health Podcast. Your co-hosts, Jason Smith and Brian Bibbo, will inspire and teach you how to prosper in your mind, body, and spirit, not just your financial life. Joining forces with field experts, Jason and Brian are here to help you focus on what matters most in your life, living well. In this podcast, Brian Bibbo and I interview Dave Allison. And I wanted to give a little bit of background on Dave. So similar to Brian, I met Dave as a young man. Dave was 24 when Brian was 22. And uh, I have um, been proud to uh, work with him and mentor him through the years. Uh, very similar to the story I talked about Brian. And he is um, similar to Brian become the guy. You know, that Brian's the guy at JL Smith. Uh, I would say Dave is the guy at Prosperity Capital Advisors. So very excited. Him and I have taught thousands of financial advisors um, how to do holistic wealth management, training on the bucket plan process and tax planning and management and a multitude of other things. So this is an exciting episode to bring together uh, Brian and Dave to talk about what is Holistic Wealth Management. Hello, welcome to the J.L. Smith Holistic Wealth and Health Podcast. So I'm here with Brian Bibbo and my good buddy, Dave Allison, that is joining us today to talk about the topic we're gonna discuss, what is Holistic Wealth Management? Dave, we're excited to have you on. Just a little bit of his credentials, certified financial planner, enrolled agent, and what I hear, Dave, the rumor is 2023, 40 under 40 from Investment News. That's something special. Speak a little bit about that. Yeah, I snuck it under the radar. Just turned uh, <laughs> 39, will be 40 soon. So I had to try to follow in Jason's footsteps. You know, Jason was 40 under 40. What was it, Jason, 20 years ago? No, no I'm just kidding. <laughs> but, but, uh, 15, but funny thing is, you're right. It was the same thing. It was uh, when I turned 39. Yep. Yeah, they must feel sorry for us. They sneak us in right when we're 39 and, and tease us. So it was my my last year I could have won it and we did earn it. So it was a, a cool honor. And uh, like I said, following in good footsteps over there. Yeah, there's no doubt. What a prestige award. So we're here to talk about holistic wealth management. Dave, when we speak those words, holistic wealth management, what does it mean to you? Tell Tell the audience here, what in your mind is holistic wealth management? Yeah, I, you know, it's interesting. I think that if you break it down, you know, wealth management is if we take the word holistic out first, it's really just kind of trying to to solve, enhance and optimize uh, every area of somebody's kind of money, right? Their finance, whether it's investments or insurance or, you know, some of the different components that um, are are kind of necessary and relevant in the financial world that we all live in today. You know, when we add that word holistic to it, it really takes on kind of a different dynamic. It it really, for me, starts to bring together, you know, things that might be outside of the realm of normal wealth management or normal financial services. And, you know, I really kind of look at it as five core pillars. I know, Brian and Jason, we've spoke about this a lot in terms of wealth management. You know, the first is, of course, 
financial planning. And I mean, financial planning in and of itself is its own discipline, right? You could go and get a college degree in financial planning and there's designations like the certified financial planner that specialize in financial planning. But then the second is investment management or asset management, right? Managing money, trying to earn the best rate of return that we can, managing the risks that are involved in, yeah, involved in investing. The third component is tax management. So helping us really optimize our income tax situation, trying to maximize our income, minimize our taxes each and every year, as well as our lifetime taxes. Number four is um, protection planning, right? For all the what ifs that come up in life. And then number five, that last pillar is legacy planning. So, you know, what happens to all of our stuff when we're no longer here? Who gets it? What are the rules? What do we want to see happen with that? What's the impact? And so, again, Brian, to your point, like each one of those pillars could really be its own profession, right? Financial planning, investment management, protection planning, taxes, estate planning. But when we think of holistic wealth management, it's really the intersection of all of those things. It's you know bringing all of those together to really optimize a client's financial well-being. Yeah, that's great. Because I think we know this day, we traditionally see kind of that fragmented approach, right? Where someone's being sold a tax return, an annuity, or has this over here. And when you talk about those five pillars, it's really taking those five pillars and making them a whole listing and put them in, into one exact plan. But Dave, I know you work with clients and everything else. Where do you do your best work? Where do you think you add the more value than other professionals out there? Yeah, I think it's when clients really embrace that holistic approach. Because again, I think, you know, as professionals, we can engage in any one of those silos and, and be fairly effective, right? I think we've got a pretty strong foundational investment approach and in how we think about and manage money. I think we could do a good job if somebody came in just to, you know, really develop a financial plan or maybe a retirement income distribution plan, depending on what phase they're in, of course. We could help a client navigate their insurance needs, their taxes, or just specifically focus on legacy planning. But the reality of it is when we're only focused on one or two of those areas, we might be missing big opportunity to make a big financial impact on kind of the overall wealth that the client has. And so again, it's really when clients want to embrace that holistic approach is you know where we I definitely continue to see providing tremendous value because at the end of the day they're all levers and they all impact each other right think about investment management Brian it's not what you make it's what you keep right and you know one of the biggest costs that comes with making money is income taxes and so again we could have the best investments in the world but at the end of the day, if we're not optimizing them for not the gross return, but the net after tax return, we're missing the boat on the opportunity to keep more of you know, what's taken us a lifetime to continue to accumulate. So again, it's really that intersection of all those different areas. I like the key words are coordination and collaboration too, right? Because if you don't have that coordination across all five of those pillars and collaboration for any of the people that are working in those areas, 
forget it. And and I think that's the thing we've always seen and we've always talked about is the silos, right? We got to break down the silos. Too often, the tax guy is the tax guy, the investment lady is the investment lady, right? The insurance and so on in in the you know the attorney. And so you don't have that you know, total collaboration and coordination of the professionals or all, you know, into one comprehensive plan. And we we know if that doesn't happen, balls get dropped, things get missed, um, opportunities to save money on taxes, uh, things get left, you know, uh, unaddressed, right? Sometimes one professional thinks, because there's so much overlap, for example, with the financial and tax that, you know, one, you know, whose ownership really is it? Is it the tax preparer that is just inputting all the information into the system and spitting out what they owe or what refund they're going to get in there? In most people's mind, it is the tax preparer's responsibility to provide tax planning and management. But in reality, Maybe it's the investment per person's opportunity, you know, uh, responsibility to provide that. Yeah, I think, Jason, you're dead on. And like one of the things that I would encourage, and actually, I was just having this conversation with a colleague of ours who's a CPA and a, and a certified financial planner also. And we were talking about these kind of five pillars of holistic wealth management, and they were chatting with a client of theirs or a, a potential new client who was working with a major wirehouse. So one of the biggest financial institutions in in America. Um, I'm not going to say the name, but you know, you could probably take three or four guesses and and get it right. And, you know, they said they made the comment, well, my current advisor is, you know, really promoting wealth management. And, you know, they even throw around the term holistic wealth management once in a while. And the next step in that client conversation, and, and I'd encourage anyone listening to do this as well as they're thinking of their own financial situation is, you know, kind of think about each one of those pillars and rate your current either advisor or if you're doing it on your own, your own confidence level on a scale of one to 10. So if I said financial planning, if you're younger you know, it's really building a goals-based plan to achieve what you want to get out of life and how you want to maximize your money and hopefully ultimately be able to retire one day and have the financial freedom. But, you know, kind of rank what you're getting from your own advisor or, you know, if you're a do-it-yourselfer, your own confidence in how good your financial plan is from a scale of one to 10, 10 being great, one being probably needs some work. And, and you have a blueprint. Of, I mean, most people, Dave, we talk about this all the time. They don't have a written plan, right? right. I mean, you, if you're going to build a house, which in essence is this is your financial house, right? You yeah, you have to have a strong foundation. You have to have good bones to this house. You need the blueprint. Yeah. I mean, are you realistically going to build a house without a blueprint? And so many people, you know, they're like, oh, yeah, I got these investments over here. I got this insurance policy. I got this and that. But they don't have a blueprint to follow. They don't have a written financial plan. And and it goes, you know, and Brian, I know you do, you know, more retirement income distribution planning than anyone I know. I mean, the same goes true for somebody approaching retirement or in retirement, right? A financial plan, I would actually dial it down even deeper and say it's a retirement income distribution plan. Once you've 
kind of gone through that accumulation phase and now you're approaching the distribution phase, it's not so much about where you're stashing money away and saving. It's about what accounts you're taking money from, what the right order of money is, how you're going to maximize your retirement income and minimize your taxes, how you're going to ensure you don't run out of money in retirement. Like These are all the components that either go into a financial plan when you're accumulating or a retirement income distribution plan. But you know, again, kind of rank yourself one through 10 and then move around to the next pillar, which is investment management, right? How yeah. do your investments stack up? And maybe you're working with somebody who really specializes in just investment management and they're able to navigate this ever-changing market environment. I mean, think about what we've seen in the last three, four years. We had a global pandemic. That rocked the markets. And then we saw a super sharp recovery. Then we saw one of the largest interest rate hiking cycles we've ever seen in the history of this country. That rocked not only the stock market, but the bond market. Then we started to see a recovery. And then, you know, just in the last month or so here, we've seen the market take a pullback. And so, again, kind of rank your current relationship or your own capability on a one through 10. And then continue to navigate through to tax management. You know, how confident are you that you're not paying the IRS more than you legally need to be, right? That's proactive tax management. Now, we all have a civic duty to pay income tax, but we don't have to pay any more than the tax code actually obligates us to. And unfortunately, Brian, how many times do you find that you review somebody's tax return and you find they're either overpaying or maybe they're not capitalizing on strategies that can reduce maybe not their tax this year, but quite certainly their lifetime tax, which is the tax that they'll have to pay throughout their lifetime or the tax that their beneficiaries will have to pay upon inheritance. Yeah, I, I think you nailed it, Dave. When we review those tax returns, we're always finding something that's a little bit off whether it be HSA contributions that they should be getting a deduction for or other things going on. And when we look at the future, it's not about what you can save in taxes today. It's what you can save in future years, right? We've been lied to in the sense of everybody said, put your money away pre-tax, put your money away pre-tax. And, and we heard that for 20 or 30 years. And we run across individuals that the majority of their assets, they have a silent partner. And we know who that silent partner is, right? The, the IRS, Uncle Sam's their silent partner in those IRAs. And it's, we got to work to start diffusing that tax time bomb for them. But I think, Dave, one of the biggest aha moments here, and I just want to take a step back because this is so powerful. What you said is like the five pillars of holistic wealth management, rank them one through 10. The five, Where do you stand, right? And you may be a do-it-yourself or, or you may be working with someone else. But at the end of the day, it's like, look at that. Where can you improve on? And usually what we see is, I'm going to say 75, 80% of the time, if it's a if it's a partner, partner, husband, wife scenario that we run across is like one of them handles the finances, the other one doesn't. So even take that concept and have one person rank it in the household, then have the other person rank in the household, and you might get different answers. And that just shows you we're not all on the same page, and it's important to do that. But Dave, while I have you, I want to take some education from you, right? You, you always got good things. And there's two concepts I would, I would love to discuss educational-wise is, you know, you always shared with me is like, not all money is taxed the same. Can you elaborate on that for, for us? 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, at the end of the day, there's thousands and thousands of pages of the IRS tax code, and it is insanely complex, right? Like people get, you know, undergraduate degrees in tax, they go on to get LLMs or become a tax attorney, they could spend 20, 30, 40 years in private practice. And the reality of it is the tax code still can elude them. There's a lot of gray area. Um, but the reality of that entire gigantic tax code is it, it really comes down to those seven simple words that not all money is taxed the same. And, you know, the wealthiest people in this country and quite frankly, in this world have figured it out. Like, you know, I always get a kick out of when I read these headlines and I see that people like Warren Buffett or Jeff Bezos or Mark Zuckerberg pay less in income tax than a lot of their employees do. And that's kind of a simple component of those seven words. Not all money is taxed the same because, you know, those individuals, they don't take a salary from their company. They don't take a salary, not because they don't like money. I'm pretty sure they all like money. They're some of the richest people in the world. But they don't like having ordinary income because ordinary income is taxed at those higher marginal tax rates all the way up to 37% today. Whereas if you look at capital, if you're a capital allocator, if you have the ability to build capital, that's taxed more preferentially at capital gains rates. So if you can accumulate company stock, qualified dividends or long-term capital gains are going to carry a top tax rate of 20%. So that's just a very simple example of how somebody who has the ability to, you know, generate capital gain or dividend income could quite frankly cut their tax bill by almost 50%, Ooh. right? And there's so many other ideas, right? You don't have to be a Jeff Bezos or an Elon Musk, right? Anybody can participate in this same concept. And the key is something you hit on earlier. It's you need tax diversification in your life. And that's really what this pillar of tax management stands for. Because again, I love pre-tax money for certain clients in certain scenarios. Some of our clients who do have really high earned income that are in that 32, 35, 37% bracket and will probably be in a lower tax rate later on in life, it does make sense to take some deductions today and then take that money out later on in life when they're in a lower bracket. Or maybe you're in a high state tax, right? Like California or New York. And I know, you know, Brian, most of your clients are in Ohio, but they might have family members or friends or listeners in those other states. But maybe you're going to retire from Ohio and move down to Florida where there is no state income tax. And so, again, making decisions to accumulate deductions today makes sense, but it can't be all or nothing. You really want some diversification. And there's tax advantaged accounts, like you mentioned, Brian, where you're not going to get the deduction today to put the money in, but you are going to get all the benefits of tax deferred growth. And then when you take it out, guess what happens? It's tax-free, right? Mm -hmm. And so again, 
having some money in that kind of funnel, accumulating money through that funnel, taking distributions from that funnel could add a lot of efficiency to a financial plan. And then last but not least, there's that post-tax money. This is traditionally that capital asset. It's brokerage accounts, it's trust accounts, it's real estate. Again, a lot of tax benefits for investing in things like that. And so, you know, the one kind of thing I, I try to you know, stand up on the top of the building and shout to everybody is, you know, there's not an all or nothing solution. It should never be all pre-tax or all tax advantage. You really want to accumulate money in the most tax diversified manner so that when you go to retire, you could blend money out in the most tax efficient manner. Now, there's certain amounts of money you should take out of your retirement accounts, those low brackets like 10 and 12 percent. But then maybe you want to blend money out of tax advantaged or post-tax so you don't actually get into those higher tax brackets in retirement. So, Dave, um, I think we've done a good job. Like, think about these pillars. If we're if we're calling financial planning the blueprint, right, whether you're younger and having goals-based planning or you're nearing retirement in the next 10 years and you want to make sure you have a solid retirement income distribution plan, let's call financial planning that pillar the blueprint. We have the other four, right? We just talked about the tax. And, you know, but I think what, you know, what I'd like to have a little discussion on is if you really think about it, most financial planners, financial advisors that, you know, the the general public, you know, perception or what they see, what in, in what reality is happening, you know, when they work with that advisor, is they're more doing investment management. You know, primarily they're doing investment management, asset management. And so the thing is, is like, do they do they give you a blueprint, right? Before they're moving forward with the investment and insurance and tax and all this, are they creating a blueprint? That's the financial planning. We know what the investment management is. And I think generally the perception, um, again, is that they're doing all this, but in reality, in many cases, they're really just doing the investment management. The big differentiator, I think, that we believe holistic wealth management is, is the incorporation of the tax. But then let's also talk about the insurance and let's talk about the estate planning and how they connect directly to tax, too. Because I think there's a people don't understand that, don't understand how the insurance has a direct effect on the tax, as well as the estate planning can have a direct, you know, effect on what the ultimately the tax uh, ends up being, the taxable liability for the families now and into the future. Yeah, it's a great point. And again, you know, that's how we kicked things off is it's really the intersection of all of this that optimizes somebody's finances, right? If you don't have these things connected, you're leaving money on the table, right? And I think that's like the biggest value that I see, you know, advisors like us and the ones that, you know, we continue to work with at our companies really, you know, where they make the biggest difference is, of course, we want to maximize rate of return. Of course, we want to give clients a great financial plan that gives them peace of mind. But it's when we can pick up extra dollars by optimizing these things, you know, that's that's just true value on top of it. But to your point, you know, we talk about protection planning as that fourth. And protection planning is for all the what ifs in life. I think, you know, the most extreme what if is loss of life. If we were to pass away, 
How do we ensure our family is taken care of? And no matter what phase you are in life, there's an impact to loss of life. If I were to lose my life today, I have three little kids that rely on my income. So income replacement is very important, right? Maybe later on in life, once you've kind of gotten the kids off payroll and out of the house, now loss of life kind of could take on a different component. Maybe your children and their grandchildren rely on you to help watch after the grandkids, or maybe you're a caretaker for an elderly parent, right? There's just so many things to think about just with loss of life. And then we go to, you know, the next phase, which is, okay, you know, we didn't pass away, but maybe we're disabled and we can't go to work, we can't earn an income, or maybe we're retired and we become somewhat disabled in retirement through a disease, an illness, things like dementia, and we need caretaker services. And so the reality of that is if we don't pass away, but we end up living a life where we have an extended care event, that is quite costly to bring caretakers in because the last thing we would want is our family to be obligated to maybe leave their career and become a caretaker. And so, you know, there's things like long-term care insurance or even just a long-term care plan for the what-ifs that happen in life. There's protection planning around assets. And so this could be asset protection. This could be protecting against stock market volatility. There's ways to use insurance products that could eliminate downside stock market crashes. So if you're in retirement and you want to hedge so that like 2008, 2009 doesn't happen and you don't lose potentially 40 or 50% of your net worth, if the stock market crashes, there's vehicles to be able to do things like that. And so again, protection planning is anything that we could do to provide a hedge for those what ifs in life. And up, yeah. oh, God, Brent. No, I was just going to say, I mean, you're, you're nailing it here. And one of the bigger things I see is like longevity risk, right? You, you retire at 65, you live till 70. There's not too many variables that can go wrong in your retirement plan outside yours, but you retire at 65 and you live till 95. Look, we got 30 years there of retirement, right? And that's so crucial, like so much more, so many more variables. You talked about the stock market, interest rates, risk, all that. All that stuff fluctuates within 30 years. And you got to make sure you have a dynamic plan that can change with the times, right? Right now, what's going on with interest rates, bonds, it's it's talking to people saying, hey, you, you can't do what you did five years ago. It doesn't make sense. And I, all four of my grandparents, Jay, as you know, went, went to the nursing home. They all went to the nursing home and it's a tale of two grandparents. My one grandparents, he was the CEO of a company. And by the time he went in the nursing home, he still had a million bucks. He was there just under three years. Well, my grandma had full-blown dementia, perfect health. Mine was gone, was in there for seven years. And in that seven years, they went through over $800,000. There was $140,000 left when they were gone. Then my other grandparents, my mom's side of the family, they were in the hospital their whole life. He, he were, uh, Euclid General Hospital, which is now a Cleveland Clinic. He was uh, the head maintenance guy. My grandma was a secretary. But I share that portion of the story because they saw it firsthand what it was like and these elderly individuals coming into the hospital. So they bought long-term care insurance. 
And they weren't as well as, as, as the other grandparents, but they had about 350000 By the time it was all said and done, they still had $300,000 left over. So one of their goals was pr to protect that legacy. But I do believe where we provide the most value is time. What is our most valuable asset as human beings? Everybody likes to go, well, I have this car, I have mm -hmm. these assets, but time, time is our most valuable asset. And where this holistic plan really comes together is we give people back their time, right? We give people that extra vacation a year, another day with the grandchildren. They don't have to go to here, here, and here to get all these services done. Where this holistic wealth management comes together the most is where it's all combined and the individuals that we work with are appreciative and engaged with us because they see the value added, right? There's a lot of do-it-yourselves out there, but maybe that's what you want to do. But what are you exchanging off? You're exchanging your time for something else. Well, if you think about it, Brian, I mean, this model, right, this holistic wealth management, as we call it, um, it's been around forever, but it was reserved for the ultra high net worth. And it's called the family office, but they literally would hire a super wicked smart guy that was full time at every designation <laughs> under the sun. And all, he, and all he would do, though, yeah, exactly, <laughs> is coordinate amongst these professionals and, and make sure that collaboration, that coordination happens and this holistic wealth management happens. But what we're doing is we're bringing it to the you know, everyday, hardworking, um, sabers, entrepreneurs, investors that have done a great job of accumulating wealth, but they don't want to make a mistake. And maybe they either don't have, they have the capability. Most of the people we work with, they're very smart. They have the capability to do it themselves, but they don't have the time or they don't want to dedicate the time. So they outsource it to us. And I think what you guys were just talking about a moment ago from a pillar standpoint, um, as we're kind of landing the plane on pillars, was risk management, right? This protection planning, we are managing risk and we're utilizing insurance companies in some instances and many to help manage that risk because they're the best in the world at it. Yeah. And, you know, like Jason, something I picked up from you over the years is, you know, even if you don't go buy something like insurance, right? Long-term care insurance, life insurance, disability insurance, umbrella policies, right? Like I think we all have homeowners insurance and auto insurance because we're mandated to in many cases. But even if you don't buy the insurance, you have to have a plan in place, right? Jason, I remember you always saying, listen, I, it doesn't, if you don't want to buy long-term care insurance, that's fine. You're going to self-fund for your care if you need it but you gotta have a plan in place. And I think that's what really falls into protection planning. It's like, you know, if we think about two of the pillars, asset management or investment management is like offense. Of course, we wanna earn the best rates of return we possibly can for our clients and for ourselves, but protection planning is like defense, right? And you can't go win the Super Bowl unless you have a pretty good offense and a pretty good defense. And so those two pillars are just a great example of how they work together to optimize somebody's risk return profile, how much risk they're willing to take and what types of returns we should generate. And that last pillar, legacy planning or estate planning is, you know, I, I always call that kind of the bow on top of everything. 
Because at the end of the day, that basically is there to answer a couple simple questions. When you're gone, where does your money go? And what are the rules, right? Where does your money go and what are the rules? And for some people, whatever's left for the kids is left for them. For others, they want to leave a lasting legacy to the children, the grandchildren or charities. And so uh, that's kind of where all of that component comes in. Yeah, and, and uh, to add to what you said, Dave, what popped in my head is we talk about investment management as the offense and uh, you know, really risk management or protection planning is the defense, then tax management is like the special teams. <laughs> and we all know you can win or lose a game with special <laughs> teams. And so with the audience here of a bunch of Browns fans, because to your point, Dave, uh, you know, being here out of Cleveland, and then uh, quite a few Jaguars, about a third of our clients now are Jacksonville and down in Florida. So I think they can relate to the uh, to the uh, to the pain that, you know, uh, not having a good offense or defense or special teams can lose games, too. Yeah, Davis, two, two last things I want to follow up with you personally on is you have this great goal. You have this goal of training and educating 100,000 financial advisors. Can you quickly speak to that? Yeah, you know, this was something, I mean, Jason kind of really inspired me on like 10, 12, 13 years ago is I remember he shared, hey, we have JL Smith and there's only so many people that we could impact with this holistic approach in Avon. And obviously you guys have expanded now beyond that. But, you know, really it was getting kind of me excited about the opportunity to expand this approach nationally. And, you know, kind of our viewpoint, and I know Jason shares this, is if we can train a lot more advisors to go from, you know, a transactional or a traditional financial services model to one that really embraces this holistic approach, we know that there's just so many families out there that need it. Um, you know, maybe they feel intimidated to Jason's point earlier. Hey, I'm not Jeff Bezos. I can't go spend a million dollars a year on a family office. Well, you can access this same type of holistic wealth management by working with a firm like JL Smith or others that truly embrace this approach. And they're not just out there trying to manage money or sell investments or sell insurance or sell tax preparation or sell legal documents. They are there to put all the pieces of the puzzle together for the client. Now, Dave, that's awesome. I think the end game with that is how many families can you help nationwide and worldwide? Really, isn't that where it came from, Jason, in the long run? But if I got one last thing for you, Dave, and I don't yeah. know if you, this is if you know this is coming, but if you have one message to the world, what would it be? One message to the world. Well, if it's around holistic planning in this specific topic, um, I think it's you know if if we went around those five pillars of holistic wealth management and you scored yourself or your current advisor from one to ten, and you know you're not sitting at at least forty out of fifty or better then you know it's time to revisit your strategy get a second opinion talk to somebody like Brian and his team because again just getting incremental improvement in this holistic approach and getting these things optimized can you know really make meaningful difference i mean think about Brian if you were just able to save somebody 
$2,500 a year in taxes because they had inefficient tax management. That's $2,500 a year that they can take their family on a different, uh, an additional vacation. It's $2,500 a year a grandparent could take their grandchildren out to dinners or on a special trip. It's additional money that could go into educational funding and planning. So, I mean, it's just so, so impactful, the dollars and cents that this holistic approach really adds up to. And, and you know, that would be a big kind of piece of my recommendation is, um really, you know, judge your own situation, take some ownership of it, understand, you know, where gaps might exist. And if you don't feel completely confident that you're getting maximum value, you know, go talk to a holistic advisor that can help review your situation and give you a second opinion. Yeah, Dave, thank you for that message. I think that's very powerful. And always, I know Jason and myself appreciate your time and uh, the listeners are going to appreciate listening to this also. So thank you. Awesome. See you guys. It was fun. Thank you for listening to the Holistic Wealth and Health Podcast. We hope we inspired you to make changes so you can live your best life. If you want to find out more about what we do, or if you want to have a Holistic Wealth and Health financial plan, please call 456-833-7000. Please subscribe to the podcast and share it widely with your friends and family. Financial planning and advisory services are offered through Prosperity Capital Advisors and SEC Registered Investment Advisor with its principal place of business in the state of Ohio. J.L. Smith Wealth and Tax Planning and PCA are separate, non-affiliated entities. PCA does not provide tax or legal advice. Insurance and tax services offered through Advisor DBA are not affiliated with PCA. Information received from this podcast should not be viewed as individual investment advice. Product discussions and illustrations are hypothetical in nature and will vary based on many factors including, but not limited to, age, health, product, insurance carrier and product design. You should consult the insurance carrier website and policy for detailed information. For information pertaining to the registration status of PCA, please contact the firm or refer to the Investment Advisor Public Disclosure website. For additional information about PCA, including fees and services, send for our disclosure statement as set forth on Form ADV from PCA using the contact information herein. Please read the disclosure statement carefully before you invest or send money.